Oh hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery, to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. If you've welcomed a little bubba into the world, today's guest will most likely need no introduction. And if you haven't, let's be honest, you've probably seen your friends and family's pop-in pictures appear on your Facebook feed and been wondering what this little white chair has to do with anything. Well, today we are going to find out all about it because my guest is the wonderful and talented Anna, photographer, founder and CEO of Little Annie Pop-in Portraits. Since starting out photographing, photographing, <laughs> photographing weddings and families after studying photography and a brief stint in law like the best of us, Anna struck absolute gold when she started offering quick baby photographs for her clients every month in group sessions for just $20 a pop. Since then, through Anna and her team's massive efforts and hard work, Poppins have become a straight up rite of passage for new parents. Not to mention the business has morphed into this genius marketing franchise model for photographers around the country and increasingly the world as well. If you are a business geek like me, like what a business model this is. And while I've been friends with Anna since almost the birth of Poppins, when we worked together in the wedding industry, I still have so many questions to ask her all about how it works behind the scenes, the marketing, the franchise model, copycats, balancing work and family life, taking Poppins to the world, and so much more. Hello, good morning, Anna. Welcome to the Pep Talk podcast. How are you going? Good, thank you, Grace. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. And everyone listening, Anna was just telling me that she is hiding out in her car to record our chat today, <laughs> trying to escape children and dogs. So how's it going out there in the garage? <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. Great views of um, tools and um, no longer used baby gear, etc. Sounds a lot like my garage. Very romantic. I like it. <laughs> all right. So before we jump into hearing all about Poppin's story and your story, to start with, we will just do a bit of a warm up with some this or that questions. So I have chosen some especially for you. Okay. The first one is a bit mean for you because uh, I know you. So cats or dogs? Oh, that actually is quite tricky. I used to be very solidly a cat person, um, but having got a dog about four years ago um she's almost turned me upset I don't really like dogs in general I just like my dog so mm. I I'm gonna sit on the fence sorry <laughs> I could have made it meaner by being like cats dogs or babies and then that would really have made it hard for you or maybe not that hard actually <laughs> all right next one in front of or behind the camera oh 100% behind all the time <laughs> I guess that's not that surprising for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not a fan of, um, yeah, no, no, 
don't know. I don't want to. Don't want to have your own photo taken. Thank you, but everyone else's. Yeah, exactly. Although I do love having photos, especially photos of me with my baby. Um, You know, I love looking at photos of us and I love having them taken and I know that I'll appreciate doing it in the future. But yeah, definitely not a spotlight person. Next one, stay in or go out? Definitely stay in. Yep. I'm a, um, yep, definitely a homebody. Don't like going out. You can avoid it. <laughs> yeah, lockdown is definitely. Stay def- home club. <laughs> yeah, lockdown was definitely my natural environment. So, yeah, that's so interesting. Depending on who you talk to, it swings like one way or the other with the lockdown. Like some people couldn't wait to get out again when it was over, and some people, which I was probably more like, was like, do we have to start going out again? <laughs> yeah, <that> thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, next question flowers or houseplants? Oh, uh, flowers, I think. I have a couple of houseplants and they die on me. I'm not good at caring for them. So, yeah, definitely flowers. Love flowers. Yeah, I guess flowers die as well, but I feel like they're meant to die, so it's okay. Like, it's not like you killed them. Definitely a lot less high maintenance, I feel. Mm, agree. All right, last one. We've got work or chill? Um... Tricky. I uh, oh, that's really tricky. I feel like work is sometimes chill. If I've got something that I need to do, I just need to do it. You know, like I can't really. Yeah, I I like my job, so probably work. That sounds bad, doesn't it? But work, I think. <laughs> no, I think quite a few people that I I think I've asked someone else that question, and they said the same thing that if you've got the right kind of job, then work is kind of chill. But yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Good. All right. So now to kick into all of the details and to start with, I really like to kind of start off by hearing a bit of the personal background because I think that it often helps understand the journey from there and it makes so much more sense of where you've ended up if you know kind of where it began. So with you, Anna, I know that you studied photography. I think it was at Massey here in Wellington. And I'm kind of interested to know like where that came from. And was that like a continuation of how much you loved photography when you were say in school? Um, and what did you think you were going to end up doing after that degree? Um, so actually when I left school, I, um, I followed the advice of my parents and decided to do a law degree. <laughs> like the best of us do. <laughs> Right, I heard you talking about this in your um, your episode as well, Grace, where you were sort of saying, you know, you didn't really want to be a lawyer, but you you knew that a law degree would open doors for you, and that was how um, mum and dad really sold it to me. I was like, okay, sure, I don't really know what I want to do, but let's give that a whirl. Um, so I ended up doing um, law for one and a bit very uncomfortable years and really didn't enjoy it at all. Um, but by the time I was in second year, it was a bit too late to apply for design school, which I had decided that I think that was a bit more of me. I wanted to be creative, so um, I ended up finishing a BA in linguistics, of all things, um, which has really not served me. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I've forgotten everything that I learned, so... Yeah, we all. So yeah, and then I um, applied to go to Massey and started doing the design degree with a major in photography, um, which at the time I was like, you know, you know, I don't think anyone going into photography is like, yes, this is a really strong career choice for me. Like, 
it took a bit of convincing to um for my parents to sort of come around to that idea as well um and I thought at the time maybe I would get into journalism I thought like that's maybe some way that you can use photography to be uh, sort of like successful or have a career that makes you some money that you can get by in in life um but I think I pretty quickly realized that actually <laughs> being a journalist would be absolutely the last thing that I would be good at. I am definitely like a run in the opposite direction of <laughs> drama or news. I can't <laughs> you doing that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, I'm now married to an ex-journalist, so maybe <laughs> yeah. there's something in that, but... Yeah, so you kind of went into the photography degree not quite knowing what the outcome of it might be. Because um, I guess, yeah, photography is one of those things that is very creative. There, There is like a path to being a professional photographer, but it's, it's not like there's uh, heaps of those people, you know, like there can only be so many of those people. It's not like doctors or lawyers where there's thousands of them. Um, and so how did you end up going from finishing the degree to starting kind of your Anna Munro photography part of the business what was that step like uh yeah so I guess towards the end of my degree it was a four-year degree in hindsight I probably should have done the diploma program which was only two years like by the end of um third year I've been studying for um six years at university and um I was ready to kind of like get get going with my life and get out into the world and um so I started picking up um jobs actually through like the student notice board um at uni I picked up the odd wedding and um you know people who just wanted something cheap and easy um so after doing a few jobs like that um I realized that what I loved photographing was you know people and I wanted to get into portraits and weddings and I um I thought I could make a go of it and start my business um and so the first business that I started was called um, Top Shots, which I started around, I think it was about 2011. Um, and I was um, photographing little people and, you know, babies, um, which I loved. And I guess around this time is when I also got married for the first time. I'm quite, um, as quite a naive 23-year-old. So young. So yeah. young. Oh. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, and I guess I s sort of was, um, you know, like increasingly unhappy in that relationship and it eventually ended. But I kind of credit that divorce with um, some of my success in business now um, because I feel like at the time, you know, the idea of getting divorced was just so um horrible like that was the last thing that I wanted to happen I thought it would be terrible I would be lonely it would be awful um but then having actually gone through the process like it was none of those things it was amazing I was so happy to be out of that relationship that was making me unhappy I was sort of um you know I had this amazing burst of creativity and since then it's kind of been like well what have I got to be afraid of of the thing that I was afraid of turned out to be you know not bad at all in fact it was amazing yeah oh that's so interesting because it, yeah it's so true and I think you really do learn that when you're when you're doing a, a business is that 
yeah, those like hard, messy, sticky things are often the most amazing things or they, they have the most amazing outcomes if you push through them. But you have to kind of learn that somehow. Like you don't know that before you start. But once you've done it once, you're like, oh, I get it now. Like the hard is where the great is. So while you're, you're at that stage, early days doing photographing weddings and uh, families and everything like that and kind of learning the ropes I guess to some extent and I, I think I, I remember hearing that during that time that's when was that when you had a client who asked you to take a photo every month of their baby growing and that's kind of in essence what ended up being Poppins as it is now uh, is that actually kind of how it all happened and like what a moment like what was that like and imagine if you'd said no that how different your life would be can you tell us about what happened with all of that yeah so um well I was just sort of um muddling away I'd started my business Anna Munro photography and sort of morphed tot shots into that because I wanted to shoot more weddings um so I met um these great people I photographed their wedding and it was just a beautiful wedding I loved it and I loved hanging out with them and it was just one of those weddings where everything kind of went well and um and I I liked the people so we became sort of friends afterwards and then they became pregnant they had their baby I photographed that journey for them um and yeah she suggested that uh, she wanted to do like a monthly shoot of her baby which I think is something that lots of people do sort of DIY at home um, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I love the idea she said she had a friend who was also keen um to do the same thing so I thought well maybe there's other people who might be interested as well I could probably make this work I pretty much figured that she wasn't going to be willing to invest in a full family portrait every um, month so I needed yeah. to work out how I could make it affordable um for people just to just to do a quick photo shoot every month of their baby and then I guess sort of figuring out how to make that also work for me um, and make it worthwhile if I'm going to have to go down to the studio and set everything up and get organized um, you know how do I do that for a small amount of money so if I, if I thought I'm only going to charge everyone $20 to come um, you know how do I make that worthwhile how many people do I need to get through and um and yeah and so we just sort of started with the two of them you know my client and her friend and um thankfully I um I used the what has now become like our trademark chair um <laughs> to to take those photos it turned out Is to be just the chair that you had like around or how did that come into it yeah it must have been honestly I didn't really think it through at the time I guess um I thought I wanted something where I could put a child of any age where they wouldn't um, easily be able to run away, like when they're a toddler. Yeah. Or fall off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but also for, you know, smaller babies, it's kind of perfect. It's got sides on it, so it supports babies really well. And, yeah, it turned out to be a masterstroke. Um, and I remember the conversation that I had with Blair, my husband, um, my now husband, who, um, when I was sort of thinking about what we could call it, what it would be, and thinking about what, like, mini sessions are kind of a thing in the photography industry, lots of photographers do that, but I was thinking, you know, it's not a mini session, it's it's smaller than a mini session, what, what would it be? And Blair said, he's really good at naming things, actually, he always 
managed to pull out great puns and things, but he said, it's a poppin', you know, you just poppin', poppin'. And I was like, that is exactly what it is, yes. Oh, that's so good. I didn't know that Blair had come up with the name. It, yeah, oh, that, it is such a perfect name for it. And like, yeah, the chair as well has become super iconic and people listening, if they haven't seen it, I will be sharing some of pictures of Demi in the chair. So you, you'll see how kind of iconic that picture has become for people in the parenting world. And yeah, it's so funny how you just like, you just rolled with all these things that were happening and it's ended up turning into this amazing thing that's so much beyond that, just like two photos of two kids in this random chair. Like it's such a journey. Yeah. I think I would say that about the entire thing. It's really just been a case of, um, you know, like just going from, you know, one step after another, whatever comes along, what I think is a good idea at the time, just running with it. And mm. it's just really organically kind of grown, you know, like from those two people, they told friends within a couple of months, like the studio is completely full of people. I was like, where did you all come from? And how am I going to remember who you are and send the photos to the right people? Um, and yeah, I guess from there, you know, like having more people, it kind of necessitated building the systems that we now have. And it's really just snowballed one thing to, to another. And Such a good way to grow a business, like one, that one step at a time, rather than being like, like imagine if at the beginning stage you'd, known that it was going to be what it was now and been like right I'm going to build this empire that's in several different countries and is growing in hundreds of thousands of pop-ins like that would have been too much whereas just going like one little step at a time has kind of led you here and following your gut as well has obviously been a key part of it and like learning to listen to yourself of when you're like yep that's a good idea I'm going to roll with it that kind of thing yeah yeah it's interesting you said that I feel like now um like figuring out what to do with the business next it's um it's harder because I've got sort of like more vision I guess I know what's capable I'm capable of I know that I've already got a database ready to go and people that want to buy things from me so it's kind of like I don't get the luxury of being back at that space where I have no idea of where it's going to go um so yeah that actually does make it a lot harder yeah, it changes things, I guess. It's like another layer to it of all of your past experience comes into it too now as well, which, yeah, makes total sense. Oh, hello there. It's Grace here. I'm just dropping in in the middle of this chat to quickly let you know that this episode has been very kindly brought to you by Hatch. Hatch is an online platform right here in New Zealand that allows you to buy shares in US companies all online and really easy too. I bought shares recently literally sitting on my couch in my pajamas. The dream. <laughs> Best of all, these are all companies that you've heard of. I've been dipping my toes into investing and I found it really cool that I got to buy shares in Pinterest and Uber and Slack. The really exciting news this week as well is that Hatch are very soon going to be launching kids accounts, which is something I'm really interested to explore for Demi as she grows her own little savings account. I can't wait to see more on that and I will be sure to keep you guys updated too. If you want to jump onto Hatch yourself to have a wee explorer, use my link to find out more and to score a handy $20 credit when you deposit $100. Go to hatch.as slash peptalknz. And now back to Anna. And I guess at some stage during this 
kind of journey it's growing and growing and more people are coming every week and it's growing to different parts of the country and everything and at some stage you had to make a decision that you weren't going to be the one that was like down on your knees taking all those photos every month and you've kind of moved yourself into more of a manager director role for the whole business um what was like was that a hard decision for you to make to put down the camera or was it more like oh thank god I don't want to have to put one more baby in that bloody chair <laughs> Uh, it was a little of both. It definitely, at the time when I started to um, take on some staff who were going to photograph for me in my studio in Wellington, um, I, I think that year I had done something like 100, over 100 family, you know, full family portraits, like 2,000 and something pop-ins. I think I had shot almost a double wedding season. It was just like I was just doing way 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 too much work and at the same time also pushing pop-ins out to other photographers around the country um and I honestly I think I burnt out a little bit I don't really have the same enjoyment of taking photos anymore, which is kind of sad I find that um kind of to deal with but um taking on the stuff when I did I I think the thing with Poppins is like the right people really come along at the right time. It's been absolutely amazing pretty much the whole way through. Um, and 100% the first photographers that I hired to photograph for me um, in my studio were just perfect for the job, you know, like absolutely amazing. They completely got the whole, you know, Poppins, it's a cheap, quick photo shoot, but it's not, it's more than that. It's about really getting to know our customers treating them like our friends and they do become our friends you know we see them every month we're seeing their babies growing literally in front of our eyes it's yeah. such a cool relationship and so to find um it was Circa and Karis at the time um and Karis still still works for me um she's now running my studio and doing an amazing job um yeah it was just it was easy that kind of touches on a bit of a challenge with growing a business like this because it's now gotten it's so much bigger than just you now and you're the person that started with it all your name is associated with it like the quality control side of things must come into it which you yeah you kind of mentioned like you want to make sure that no matter where in the country someone pops and who their photographer is their experience is going to be great and then also their photo is going to be consistent when they add it into their collection like what does what does that side of things look like for you back in? Because that must be a bit of a challenge along the way with growth. Yeah, it definitely is um, challenging. Um, and I think uh, it just continues to be something that I have to feel out and figure out. Um, my ideal for my host photographers, so um, licensed photographers in, across Australia and New Zealand, is that they really just take the concept of what a pop-in is and run with it and do their own thing. Um, but then trying to balance that out with having a brand um, and brand messaging um, that's all coming from a central place um, is it's definitely a challenge. Um, but, I mean, this, the shots that we're taking, pop-ins themselves, it's a simple setup. It's something that can be quite prescribed. You know, it's like... Um, you don't even really have to be a photographer to um, be able to take those photos. You just have to have the right personality and the right equipment. Um, and yeah, so basically it's for me, it's a case of setting up um, the right training material um, and offering support to our photographers to make sure that they're 
um, sort of capturing what what we're selling basically and I guess they're incentivized as well aren't they because it's their business at the end of the day and I'm, I'm sure obviously you get a, a cut of every time one of those photos is taken but for them they don't want a customer to have a bad experience because they won't come back and they won't tell five friends so it's there's something in it for them as well um, to make sure that every photo is as amazing and every experience is as amazing as it can be absolutely and that's I think um that's the crux of it you know um, photographers really have to be responsible for themselves. Most mm. of my hosts are running pop-ins as a marketing strategy for their own studios. So, um, you know, to get, get themselves and their business in front of hundreds of people every month um, is an amazing way to bring new customers into your business um, to sell family portraits and weddings and that kind of jazz. Mm. So, so, yeah, obviously, like, you need to be putting your best foot forward when you're at Poppins. So I think, yeah, it is a little bit self-managing in that way. Yeah, I found that really interesting because I'm – uh, obviously I've been a customer of Poppins and I see all this from the customer side of things but when you dive into it and start thinking about the model of it as that kind of marketing tool it's just so clever like all of the reasons that you ended up doing it apply to all of the you know other people like customer reach and regular income and diversifying the business like have you found that there's been photographers like banging down the door to, to join the Poppin franchise? Um Yes and no. Um, definitely in New Zealand, like we've got great brand recognition now. I think a lot of people um, know about photo uh, about Poppins, and obviously, everyone in the photography industry um, has an idea of Poppins. But um, in New Zealand, in particular, I found very much the opposite. It was a lot of slamming doors. Um, people in my industry were very, very unhappy with me selling photography for twenty dollars. Ah, because they worried it undervalues the product. Yeah, um, I think a lot of photographers just didn't really understand what it, what it was they were selling. Like a poppin is very much not a full family portrait. It's a very different service, um, and it really does represent just twenty minutes of a photographer's uh, twenty dollars worth of a photographer's time. So, um, but if you don't understand that and you just kind of see twenty dollar photos from. Um, an established studio you're kind of yeah I can understand why they um maybe weren't fully receptive mm. to it initially not seeing that whole other layer of the marketing tool side of things like yeah looking at face value I guess yeah that's right and I guess feeling a little bit threatened in their own business as well but um I think also because we've always had it um set up in a way where our territories are exclusively licensed to photographers that has um you know that has not helped <laughs> you know if you're if you're not the yeah. one who's licensing the product in your area and it is successful for the photographer who's got it um you're not gonna like it you're not yeah because that the yeah. photographer who's working with little Lanny is going to be the one who's getting all the customers so yeah oh so there's so many layers to it it's so interesting that like things that we don't see on that is just people taking their babies along um and the other part of that must be i guess that because it is that concept that's so catchy and addictive and really unique like you i guess you're bound to have people who are like that's a good idea but rather than joining you they're gonna be like i could do that <laughs> i can do that myself have you do you think that you found along the way you've had issues with people kind of copycatting a little bit the concept and how have you dealt with that challenge if it did come up along the way uh yeah 100 percent. that's definitely a um yeah an ongoing battle I, I 
yeah, I think even though we're in a creative industry, you know, lots of people kind of aren't very creative when it comes to their marketing. You know, you kind of become a photographer because you want to take photos, not because you want to be a marketer or answer emails or anything like that. So, um, yeah, we definitely see copycat models popping up um, a fair bit. Um, yeah, I guess the, the overarching strategy for handling that is really well, advising them that we we are a trademark brand and we value our IP and that you can't really do that, but um, also just working on building systems, rowing our own boat and making sure that our brand is stronger than um, any copycat would ever be. Um, and I think we've done that pretty successfully. Um, so another whole part of the business is um, this web app that we've developed. Um, so my business partner, Dave, um, is an incredible developer. He's spent the last, we actually just worked out yesterday, it's been three years, which is absolutely insane. Um, yeah. Just building this incredible website for us, which really automates all of the administration that um, that you need to do to run a pop-in. So if you're selling your photography for $20 a pop, you don't want to be sitting around for hours afterwards sending emails or taking bookings or any of that jazz. So the app um, that we've got handles all of that. It makes it as efficient as possible for a photographer to run a pop-in event and photograph up to 100 people in a day and have that be, you know, pretty much a breeze. So I think that that really gives us like a competitive advantage over any photographer who's attempting it to do it without any of those systems. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so far down that road now. You know, like when you started, it was probably like what they would be trying to do. But you've just taken it to this next level in terms of all of that back end stuff that they won't. They probably won't even have thought about. But you're right. In order for it to be worthwhile for someone to do this for twenty dollars, it has to be like take the appropriate amount of time and that's what the technology does so it's yeah there's so much more to it that they're not seeing absolutely and I mean alongside that like our brand is um really well loved and really well recognized um and so alongside automating all of the boring administration stuff like centralizing marketing emails and that kind of um thing like that saves the photographer a lot of time and a lot of agony writing their own stuff and it basically means that whenever I send an email to our database our photographers all get a nice little um boost in their bank account which they just love you know it's just fantastic yeah and that because that marketing side of things is obviously a side that I'm interested in and I find it kind of interesting how you have kind of two customers to market to which always makes your marketing more challenging no matter what industry you're in because you've got your photographers that you want to get on board um, to join the franchise you need to market to them in one way but then you also need to market to your end consumers like the mums and dads who bring the kids in and that's quite challenging I guess to to target those two groups in the right way for each of them yeah definitely I think most of my marketing efforts um to date has really centered around trying to get the word out to customers and so turning it around and trying to now market to photographers um particularly in in uh, australia um is definitely a challenge and i you know based on the start that we had here with um the photography industry being incredibly negative about the idea i guess um is a little bit terrifying trying to go out to um 
the industry in Australia and kind of been like, here's this thing. It really works. You know, we've proven it, but um, it sounds like... It sounds maybe like too good to be true, that kind of thing. And like people, like, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Like that kind of comes into it a little bit. Mm, And I did want to hear a little bit about Australia because I'm super interested in this because you've obviously got this blueprint, you've got the technology, it just makes so much sense to roll that out in other markets. But I know that that's not as easy as just like flicking a switch on the website and suddenly you're live in Australia. Like there's so much legwork that must gone into that. So what has that been like for you and what have you had to do differently to do it in Australia? Oh, that's a tricky question. I feel like that's, um, oh, I don't know. That's a really big, um, <laughs> that's really what I'm trying to like figure out for myself. I, I'm, I kind of am working on the premise that it is really just like flicking, flicking, well, flicking multiple switches, but really just making the site um, functional in Australian currency and that, and time zones and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I know the photography industry and I know parents, so parents and photographers are more or less the same in New Zealand as they are in Australia. Um, and my theory is that hopefully they're more or less the same in the US and the UK and beyond. <laughs> You're right, like you are a photographer and you are a parent. So just like being really like not trying to complicate it too much. It sounds wise, you know, like being like this worked here. I know my market. I'm just going to do the same again. Like that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I guess it's a bit of trial and error and we'll figure figure that out as we go along. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of like legal and tax, tax implications, that kind of jazz, um, uh, f- for going out beyond NZ. Um, I don't know. It seems to be going fine, you know, up until now. Like, Australian hosts seem to be really picking up some traction and we're recruiting lots of hosts over there, which is amazing. I mean, Australia is a much bigger country, so we've got... It just feels like there's so much potential for pop-ins there. It's really exciting. It is, yeah. There's the amount of people must meet, you know, obviously proportionately the amount of parents and the amount of babies and it all just like extrapolates from there. And we kind of mentioned that you are a parent yourself now, which you weren't when you started all of this, but you've got a family yourself now. You've been photographing other people's babies for so long and now little Cleo is with us and is absolutely delicious. And I can assure everyone listening, she has lots of beautiful photographs from her mum. But I'm interested to hear how you found, because I know we talked about it a bit before Cleo arrived, but how have you found balancing the mum life, the CEO life? Like, is there even such a thing as balance when you've got a business like this going on? What does that all look like for you? Uh, yeah, it is a challenge. Um, I think the early days it was easy. Like I, I got, I got lucky. I got a really easy baby. She was a sleeper and a, you know, like at the start it was fine. Um, I was able to get plenty of work done during her naps, and um, you know it was all good. But now, now I have a little toddler terror in the house, and um, whew, the game has changed. I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a, just a constant reevaluation of like what your priorities are, and it is a struggle to try and, you know, like I really want to push the business forward. I can see heaps of cool stuff that we could do, but. I also just want to hang out with my baby, you know, that I had her because I wanted a baby. So um, I guess my my goal has always been to try and set the business up in a way 
where it um, runs itself as much as possible, which mm. obviously is just like pie in the sky gold, just never absolutely, <laughs> it's totally nothing <laughs> ever happens that way. But um, yeah, um, it's a struggle. But you make it work, don't you? Just sort of stay up late and do some work or put things around the edges. And um, yeah, I mean, luckily enough, I I do have some amazing people on my team who, um, yeah, who take take a lot of the legwork out of it for me. And yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of lumping along at managing to do both things at the same time at the moment. So, nice. yeah, I so feel you when you say that. Like, it is just such an internal conflict. Like, never mind all of the challenges externally. There's just this part that just you feel like a little bit like you're split down the middle. Like, you're like, I so have this burning passion to grow this business and to make this amazing and to take this overseas. And it's like my life's kind of work. But then on the other side, you're like. I know, bigger picture, that this baby is like my everything. So you're like, how do I, oh uh, yeah, I don't know. There's no answer to that, I don't think. But you're doing well. You're doing really well. It's all still going. Everyone's still alive. The business is thriving. You're doing really well. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One day at a time. <laughs> yeah, and they do change so much. I think that's the thing with the babies. Like, you just feel like you've clocked one stage and like, yep, I got this. Like, this is sweet. And then they change their routine. They change their sleeping, their naps. And you're like, okay, so that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> let's re let's reevaluate this. So then kind of, I guess, I'm interested to hear about jumping back into the real world with you guys. Because this, you know, in the, in the COVID-19 sense, in that lockdown is so different for so many different people and businesses. And for you guys, um, the pop-in business, it's very much like an in-person business. It's not like some of those businesses where you could build an e-commerce website and take it online and deliver, deliver by courier. Like you need to, your customers to be right there and they need to be quite physically close to everyone. So... I mean, can you tell us a bit about what impact everything had on you guys having to shut for that time? Like, that must have been pretty huge for Poppins. Yeah, it was definitely um, a big shock to the system when that all sort of, um, you know, came down, like, within... I was very much like a, oh, you know, COVID denier, like, oh, it's just the flu, you know, like, it'll be like fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, boy, was I wrong. Um, yeah, so we went from like interviewing new staff, trying to open new venues to literally the next day being closed, um, by the government, which was just very hard to sort of get your head around. Yeah, and obviously being a monthly pro, you know, product, like our customers are coming in every month to collect their, their set of photos. Um, so to have a whole month out where, no one's getting a photo <laughs> um, where there's, you know, literally a gap in that collection. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, God, this is sure death. Like, what are we going to do? How, you know, people are just going to lose interest and um, drop off the radar. And um, I was really concerned for my photographers as well. You know, a lot of them are relying on their pop-in income to not only pay for their lives, but, you know, to support their studios and to um just get by so um we I guess my first sort of strategy like knowing that we had to close and that we we wouldn't be able to work at level four or level three um I I wanted to avoid mass refunding that basically would have been um 
that would have been disastrous. Yeah. Particularly as we had just had our Mother's Day, um, like, mm-hmm. pre-sale, which, okay. yeah. yeah, that's, like, the biggest event of the year. So um, to refund all of that would have been totally devastating for all of our customers. So, um we were just able to reschedule a lot of events, but we gave our customers the opportunity to just leave their session in place, just um, not reschedule it and, and not get a refund for it. Um, and in return, they'd be able to join our VIP group and we're offering them some some little perks and treats and freebies and things like that in that group. Um, as well as a bit of a community, I guess. It was a strange time for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, we honestly have the most amazing customers. Everyone totally rallied. Like, everyone could really... I guess all of our customers have gotten to know their photographer really well, having come in regularly. Um, and it seemed like everyone just really wanted to support their photographer. It was, you know, that's just so amazing. Um, so yeah, lots, lots and lots of our customers actually just decided to leave their session in place and essentially donate their session fees, which, you know, like, that's amazing. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And such a real testament to what you've created because that so would not be the case with a lot of businesses. Like people would be asking for refunds, but I mean, I know cause I'm on the Popaholics Facebook page, like I can see this community of, of like popaholics like I can see why you call it that because people it just becomes such a big part of this part this time in these people's lives and I guess that's where all of that work you've done over all, all those years building up the brand and the community and your communications it's all just paid off because you've created this thing that people are really loyal to and um, feel really fondly towards yeah that's so interesting yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really highlighted just how amazing our community is um, and how obsessed people are with their pop-ins, you know, even having that month out, like, it hasn't it hasn't had much of an impact. In fact, only impact it's had is positive. Like, it seems like everyone was sitting in lockdown just sort of thinking, oh my god, I can't wait to pop in again. So, um, <laughs> our bookings have been yeah. great. Yeah, I was going to ask like what it's been like now because obviously your concern was that people would lose interest by missing a month, but has that been the case at all or is people making up for lost time now? It definitely seems to be the the latter. Um, yeah, we, we've added a few um, options to fill the gap so people can have a portrait of their child's teddy bear taken on the chair or a close-up or something like that um, that would fill the gap and maybe that's helping um a bit, but yeah, no, people have just come screaming back in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. And yeah, I guess it's it's a funny one with the gaps thing because I, I don't know, I can't, it's hard for me to say because we do have that whole collection of Demi's month by month up on the wall. But I kind of imagine having like a one of the pops that's something different. It, it's such a, this time has been so crazy for everyone. It will be really meaningful to look back on that and be like, that's why, because we had that lockdown and we were, we had to stay home for a month and it kind of becomes all part of the story of this little kid growing up, which I actually quite like. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I think I think a lot of people are seeing that as well. Um, I guess that is one, one upside of the whole lockdown thing is it wasn't just us, you know, like literally everybody was locked down. So... Mm. Um, 
yeah everyone's in the same boat yeah and I think it was really cool like I really liked the way that you guys got quite creative with it and you did a few little things during the time to build that community and uh, help build it and keep people engaged and keep the fires burning and you did people doing their own pops at home and you had a little competition for people doing the worst popping at home and stuff and I think you just really like you kind of got into this really great spirit with it like there's nothing we can do about this so let's just have some fun with it and and we're all in this together kind of thing yeah and has it changed anything because obviously overseas is a big part of where you're eventually heading with everything has much of that had to change because of covid for you guys yeah definitely i mean i think australia is still struggling in some regions as well so managing that sort of like the response across varying sort of levels and stuff has been a bit of a challenge too but um in terms of pushing out a bit further and pushing further into australia um i kind of see it as a as a opportunity um you know a lot of photographers have been put out of business and we'll be looking for a way to um to bring customers back so pop-ins could be an amazing way to do that um and yeah i guess in a way it's just kind of bought us a little bit more time before we push into the us or beyond um because um they're going to be dealing with covid for a while it seems so um, yeah, just given us a little bit more time to prepare our strategy and focus on Australia and what we're doing here in New Zealand and then um, hopefully we'll be a little bit more ready to go further afield um, when they're ready to have us essentially. I love how you're looking on the bright side with everything and just um, yeah seeing the silver lining and all of this stuff and rolling with it which yeah I guess is not surprising seeing how you've built this empire by just rolling with it and now you're doing it again which I really like. All right so we better get everything wrapped up now but just before we do do you think that you could share with us a bit of an advice or a tip like either from business mogul Anna or just life Anna or something you can share? Um, yeah, I've been thinking about this. I love hearing this part when I'm listening to your podcast, but, um, I, now it's your turn. yeah, I, I've been tossing up a couple of things, but I think my, my thought would be like, if you, if you're someone who wants to, um, start a business or push a business forward, um, the question I always ask myself is what's stopping you, you know, like what, what is it that's stopping you? And not, not in kind of a trite way, but like what is it what is the thing that's stopping you right now and if it's something in your mind like either let it go or um figure out how to solve it you know like what's stopping you is identifying what your problem is and problems have solutions like you can figure out what the solution is just keep going find the next problem keep going nice yeah what's stopping you that's perfect that's such a good way to round it out and yeah thank you I know that I did have to twist your arm a little bit to come on <laughs> for a chat but I'm so glad that you did because all of that was just fantastic and it's such a great story like you know how much I admire everything you've done with Poppins like not just as a friend but also as a customer and a business colleague like yeah this is all just so inspirational and I know people are going to love this story so thank you for sharing it with us Anna thanks Grace all right all take right, care take bye bye, bye. you could probably tell I am pretty blown away by this business that Anna has created like taking her skills in photography and turning that into what is becoming a global franchise marketing business just wow 
And I so appreciate Anna being super open and honest around all of the challenges of this journey that she found herself on. And of course, now balancing being a mama herself as well, like as if she wasn't busy enough already. Thank you so much to you for having a listen today. I hope that this chat added a little pep to your day and inspired you along the way as well. Because after all, as Anna said, if you've got something that you want to do, what's stopping you? Until next time, bye.